Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. We are back in the studio this week with my regular co-host, uh, Janelle Wheeler's back after a lengthy absence of getting married and crushing it at TwitCon. We have her <laughs> back this week. Well, back in studio. Sort of, all, yeah. I forget, like, the last few, the weeks have been so confusing. It's so weird when we're not in studio. <laughs> yeah. It's so confusing. But, um, yes, Matthew Aguilar is also here. What up? And uh, we got no time to waste today. We do it all for geek culture. Usually we're all over the place. But this week, we've got some big guests coming through, and that means... We do not have time to waste with the preamble. Sure. So, without further ado, let's get to who do we got coming in, Matt, since you set this all up so wonderfully. Uh, yeah. So, we have the, of course, writer and creator of Spawn, Todd McFarlane's coming in. Also, the helmer of one of my favorite toy lines, DC Multiverse, uh, is going to be in the house today to talk Batman Spawn, as well as I do have a couple toy questions to throw his way. Uh, and then, of course, we are talking about Black Adam as our like wonderful header image shows back here. Uh, so we're going to be talking to actor Bodhi Sabongi all about the movie. All right. And if you're trying to watch this live, I'm not sure we're live anywhere right now. Are we? we? Are. Okay, we're, back. we're back on YouTube and I think Woo-hoo! Twitch we're back is on Twitch. Fire. Yeah. yeah, it's firing Ooh, up now. Okay. So if you know our show, you know that, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we seem to be the one show here. We're in like the haunted time. We're like yeah. the Heron Hall of uh, comic book shows here <laughs> in which we can never be sure our live streams will stick. But it's okay. You can always subscribe to Comic Book Nation on our YouTube page. You can watch us on Paramount Plus, you know, multiple times throughout the week. Or you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Either way, you don't have to miss out in case this stream goes down. And you shouldn't, because like I said, we got a lot to do today. All right, up at the top, before our interviews come in, we have so much DC stuff to do today. (laughs) Guys, you know, we are big DC fans here, and uh, we even repped for DC this year, (laughs) predicting that this could be DC's big year to overtake Marvel. We look like chumps on that right now, (laughs) but at least now we've gotten to at least another big DC movie. We only, we've been waiting since the Batman, and now, (laughs) after the full slate we thought we'd have, we're to the other thing we got to do this year. Which is Black Adam, The Rock's Black Adam movie is now out in theaters, and we are going to discuss and review Black Adam. So let's just start there since we have the graphic up on screen. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, Black Adam was not screened. There was no big screening down here in Nashville That's for so Black surprising. Adam, which was kind of a last-minute surprise. If you guys don't know anything about the movie about the movie business, you know you can usually tell how things are going or how a studio feels about the movie by their screening plans. Like if they feel very confident about it, they tend to get it out early. They tend to have multiple screenings to get as much hype as possible. When they say, oh, we're not screening this before opening day, that's sometimes a reason to worry. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah, in this case, I think it was something different. And, you know, it may have been even more prudent and smart to do it this way. The point is, I had to go out last night. Uh, these guys were both busy. I had to go out and see Black Adam. I think Matt might have caught up on some of the things because, you know, it's out there. So Spoilers. Yeah, Matt. Oh, <laughs> Even if he can't be there, he does his due diligence yeah, and research because uh, he is one of our big deep sea experts. And I went out to see it. So what I'll say about Black Adam is I get their strategy with Warner Brothers because they're things, if you can't see our graphic in the background here of the studio made by... Uh, Peter, who does uh, a lot of our awesome graphics every week. There is a big discrepancy between how Black Adam is being received by critics versus how it's being received by audiences. It's almost like, I mean, it's almost like a two to one difference, like about how much audiences like it versus how critics are rating it. And so I get that in the rock in them may have been savvy by saying, let's not go through the whole drum humdrum of doing this for the critics. This is not going to be for them. Let's just do it for the fans. The Rock is a fans. I mean, he's a yeah. people's champion, right? Yeah. So 
let's do it for the fans and just worry about what they have to say. And uh, yeah, and it might be prudent. It might be help them get to a bigger opening weekend because there are a lot of rock fans out there. There are a lot of comic book movie fans out there. And there are enough added people in this to kind of draw, draw in some other people who might not come. Pierce Brosnan's like a big draw, for mm-hmm. instance. So, yeah, Black Adam, he, they might have done kind of smart thing. But um, what I will say personally is somebody who is a critic, but also tries to keep in mind what, you know, the fan experience is. We are comic book nation after all. I said in a tweet that I would compare this to a really good 2000s comic book movie or even a good kind of like Marvel phase one movie mm. in the sense that there are some good ideas here. It's taking itself seriously as kind of a both universe fixer and kind of universe extender. And I can talk about a little bit more about that in a minute. But it the director, uh, Juame Colum Serra, I believe I always butcher his name. Yeah, Juame Colette Serra is I think he's a very good and accomplished kind of B movie genre director who's done, you know, a bunch of crazy things like House of Wax, The Shallows, Orphan, those Liam Neeson movies like Unknown, Nonstop, and The Commuter, Run All Night, which is is another um, that starred Liam Neeson. So he's done all these kind of crazy, you know. I can totally see all of those in this. Right, right. So those are all kind (laughs) of B movies, but he did the Jungle Cruise movie. That's where he hooked up with The Rock, and that's kind of where they decided they're going to do Black Adam together. I, I think this movie was a little bit beyond the scope of what, you know, Juame Colette Sarah can handle in terms of making a blockbuster movie. There's a lot of unevenness in it. Action scenes are cool, big, and, and things. But the smaller scenes, are a lot of them are just ridiculous. And they're not ridiculous, like, in a bad way. It's just little things that they probably could have done to just make it more grounded, in one case, literally. Uh, like, the decision, for instance, there's one decision that they made to have, like, Teth Adam, Black Adam, always kind of hovering when he returns to this certain spot, the set that they keep going back to in mm-hmm. Kondok. And he's always hovering in these conversations where he's just talking to other characters. Mm-hmm. And it's just clearly the rock on a rig kind of like <laughs> floating there. And it's like, right. you didn't need to have this guy floating. Like, yeah. just put him on the ground, let him walk around, let him emote. Like, he can be on the ground. But in almost every scene, he's like floating above and doing all this stuff. And it's that kind of thing that you're just like, eh, that's kind of hokey and kind of weird. Like, and it makes hmm. the I get why they did weird. that, though. Why? I get, the, I get that because he, one, he does that a lot in the comics. And two, they're trying to get across. We were actually talking a little bit about this earlier, right? I think they were in that effect. I get why they did it. Whether it worked out execution-wise yeah, is one thing. Yeah, but like, I understand so. how you're trying to get across this person who is literally feels like he is above certain things. Mm. Yeah. Why does he have to touch the ground. He doesn't have to. You do. That doesn't mean he does. So they're. Tr- I know why they're trying to get across that feeling. Whether or not it worked is subjective, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, I get why they did that. Oh no, I get. Yeah, I get the, and I get I get the, the film idea. school. And, and you're right. That's a great insight, and it's a good film school reason. But it just means that, like, the blocking in the scene. That means you got to do it right. You got to yeah. execute. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and how it looks as other characters are trying to walk around this rig and him and like have conversations. It just looks funny. It's just a guy kind of floating. So. Is he likable? Because I feel like I, I'm not getting a lot of like that's, understanding of his character. That's the other thing. This movie takes, I think, <laughs> one of the things that, and a lot of feedback you hear is people are excited to see where this franchise and this character goes from here mm-hmm. um, after this. And I think they're, they Captain Marvel themselves in a way, oh, um, in the sense that they had God. a plot and Eternals themselves in a way. They had a plot that they made overly convoluted. Okay. And they tried to have these reveals that are not reveals. That's why I said a 2000s movie. Like, if you've ever seen a 2000s, like, action thriller movie and twists and stuff, like, you've seen every twist in this movie. And you see them coming from a mile away. From, like, the very first scene. You're just like, oh, that person's going to be bad. And, like, and it's like, twist, he's bad. And you're like, not really twist. <laughs> um, there's a whole thing about Teth Adams' origin that they try to keep secret that they ruined in the marketing mm-hmm. and the promotion, which wow. is namely his relationship like with his son and what happened there. Yeah. They don't make it a secret in the marketing, but it's a major secret twist of the movie. Yeah, I think they... So they tried to make it a secret in the like... In, the, in some of the marketing and then in other parts of the marketing, which again, we talked about last week, like there's there was a couple of those things done with this film, right? Like the yeah. thing that we are obviously going to probably talk about at some point. But the big thing that even The Rock 
kind of alludes to before the movie's out, right? Like mm -hmm. there's certain things in this in the movie that they kind of I don't know if they made the full decision. Like they didn't quite commit either way of like we're not going to talk about this or we are going to talk about it. You know, uh that particular thing as well. Yes, I I, I totally get what you said. Amateur Hour Noob says it would be much better seeing Black Adam as a villain and not an anti-hero. Yeah, and I don't think they ever got a firm understanding of like who they wanted this guy to be and how they wanted him to be. Mm -hmm. And it's just the rock looking menacing for like two <laughs> hours. But it, it, me and Matt were discussing before this, it, it, you know, they've done a lot to overhaul Black Adam in the comics mm -hmm. over the last few years. And, and I was saying he kind of gives you Namer vibes. Like, you know, he gotcha. is kind of this king godly figure. Yeah. He knows it, he's arrogant, but he's witty, he's smart, he can talk and like all of this. And in this one, Tenth Adam is, they do this fish out of water thing where the only real joys of the movie, like the laughs, are the moments where Tev Adams trying to kind of, you know, hinge and, and adapt and, and kind of catch up to where things are. Uh, okay. And like, there's a whole motif about him coming up with a catchphrase throughout the whole yeah. thing. And he doesn't know when to use it or how to use it. Which is good. And yeah. that is something that they play with in this movie, because I'm trying to walk around spoilers. But like, the fact that the way they handle him of being kind of, bringing him back after a long absence mm -hmm. lens. I mean, they did build that in to this movie. That isn't like something I necessarily would have like immediately gone with or thought to the top of my head for a black Adam movie, yeah. but I did enjoy that. But again, they built that into yeah. the movie. It's not necessarily something that I would have just leapt to. Cause I agree. I, I do like, but I also don't want, I don't like black Adam as a pure villain. I think that's, <laughs> No, I find him boring when he is a pure villain. That is okay. not, I've seen those umpteen million times. The thing over the last two years that the comics have really done is flesh that character out to be literally more of a, a hesitant hero. They've, they've kind of Harley Quinned a little bit in that mm. regard. And so he's always wrestling with that back and forth. That's way more interesting to me <laughs> than him straight up being. So I like that they tried to kind of walk that yeah. line here. And with let him. me be clear. I say, I bring up Captain Marvel in Eternal specifically because I, you and I have met and I've <laughs> kind of gone back and forth about how Captain Marvel did a plot line that essentially- I didn't touch that, by the way. It restricted Carol Danvers' awesome personality and the kind of the fieriness because she had to be brainwashed. And so they had to kind of mute down who Carol Danvers was because she's this kind of brainwashed person trying to figure out who she is in most of that movie. Yes. So it's only to the third act until she's taken off her shoes and, you know, drop kicking people in the face to, you know, a no doubt song that you begin to really get the vibe of who Carol Danvers really is as Captain Marvel. I agree. Eternals did the kind of same thing where they used a plot line that made them restrict who these characters really were and how they really felt and what their real passions and operations were because they were keeping secrets and trying to fool you as to, you know, the whole Icarus of it all and all that. And so you couldn't dig into some of the fun, deeper things that were going on with the character. I get the decisions they made for Black Adam, but I think they made too many contradictory ones. Him not knowing what's going on, there's this whole other plot line in the film that's about Kondok and mm -hmm. it determining its own fate and the people there being like, you guys are not from here, you don't, and it's a metaphor for like the Middle East and all this stuff about, you don't understand what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. This is our guy and we back him, and that stuff gets kind of muddled with the JSA and of it all and yeah. stuff. But it would have been a much inter more interesting thing if this guy's clear kind of attachment was, I'm here for Kondok, I rep for Kondok, I hurt anybody who needs to be hurt to protect my homeland. And there's a little bit of that, but not so much. I agree, they could have done a little bit of his good, personal yeah. stuff, but not so much. Yeah. And it, and it kind of, but by the end, that all is out of the way and there is a clear picture. Yes. Where, you know, who this guy's gonna be and where he stands in his kingdom. And they, and if you've seen the leaked post credit scene, they make it, they spell it out pretty. They literally have somebody say, <laughs> you know. It's so weird. So the, these are the parameters for your character. I'm not <laughs> conflicted on this movie, but I am very much like, this is what I love about I love origin stories in this manner. I like them when they're already into the story <laughs> and yeah. then we're moving, but we're also seeing things fleshed out. I'm That's not cool. like a big, you know, I have to see, like, I have to see you normal for half a movie or whatever before you get powers. Like, I'm not big, like, I don't necessarily need that. It's fine in some cases, but we've just seen that over and over again so many times that it's like, it's nice to kind of hit the ground running for an for an origin story movie. And I say origin story in the fact that this is the first time we're seeing him in this universe. 
not origin stories and like, you know, how he got his but we get a lot of that. And I thought that was actually well done. I thought yeah. that was well done. There's so awesome. Okay, those scenes though, there are some amazing fight scenes oh, yeah. towards the end of this movie. Yeah, and it's even amazing. in the middle. Um, Black Adam vs. Hawkman is great. Dr. Uh, Fate, oh my god. Great fights in here. <laughs> and their action concepts of DC characters are really good. Um, and I will say to what Matt says here is one thing that Black Adam does do very effectively is by starting kind of in the middle of this character coming back in this universe, they're able to kind of deftly move the universe forward and Black Adam does the best job of any DC movie of bringing all the parts together. Yeah. Of saying all the Snyderverse stuff, all the Gunverse stuff, it's all one playground. We're not gonna like loosely yeah. allude to things or do that half gray, does it all exist together stuff. No, <laughs> it all happened, they all exist. All these characters are in the same sandbox and now there's Black Adam and the JSA. Yeah. And awesome. so they do, they do that very well in this movie to kind of bring the universe together and then put Black Adam in the middle of it as it's already, as Matt said, happening. Which is a good segue from just talking about Black Adam. Uh, so if you want a star review, I'd say I give it about three out of five stars. Uh, okay. Yeah, I give it a solid three stars out of five, Black Adam, for me. Wow. But that's a good segue into the other part before we get to our guest, which is, guys, we got a crazy amount of headlines for DC this, <laughs> this week. Yeah, it's nuts what's been happening. You just get these kind of information dumps about like... Okay. Every week it's this, like, it really was though. It was just like... Well, it's like every month we get like a check-in from one of the major trades to be like, is Warner Brothers still able to function? And it's like, here's where we're at. So, just Insane. running down the list. Walter Hamada has stepped out of the building officially. Crazy. Yeah, he was the kind of head of DC Films through, through this last Snyderverse era. Um, he was a guy who wanted to do all the multiverse stuff and you know, ultimately kind of, you know, buckled and brought back the Snyder Cut after that whole debacle. Well, and, at least he did that. Yeah, well, he was also... <laughs> That's great. I mean, he was also cited as by Ray Fisher as being one of the main people who kind of covered up the misdeeds and what was going on there. Oh. And so, yeah, there's that whole oh, thing. And But he's out. <laughs> and so now Warner Brothers Discovery and David Zaslav are, and all the new executives are in the driver's seat. And yeah. Black Adam marks the changeover of when that happens. Last time we did this, it was Wonder Woman. Um, James Gunn is taking on more DC projects. He has two secret DC roles that are coming and, uh, or not roles, projects, Pro yeah. projects. films. Um, and we tried to pump Jim Viscardi to tell us everything since he always seems to know everything, but he doesn't know. Uh, but he said Deathstroke movie and nearly, the internet nearly turned on him. So if you also- <laughs> What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim said a Deathstroke movie yes. for James Gunn? Yep, yep, yep. Let's Jim, send your letters to Jim Viscardi. <laughs> what? He wants a James Gunn oh Deathstroke movie, and the internet came for him. Good. I'd be mean, okay with that. Not me, not me. So, I, well, okay, I here's James the thing. Gunn, Jay, no. I'm not saying James Gunn can't do a Deathstroke movie. I'm saying but that's not, of all the, the characters and stuff that feel like they would fit James Gunn's just natural, like the charisma of his characters, the banter back and forth, the charm, Deathstroke, the dude you can't even see for like half the time. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, and he's, he's a, anyway, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. I'm it's down fine. with James Gunn for anything, honestly. I just love James Gunn. So I much. agree. Twitch stream is down. Party's on YouTube. Party <laughs> is on YouTube. The Twitch I got stream you is guys. down. Yes. Will we ever get two streams? I feel like they just don't budget us for two streams and there's two <laughs> All right, well, there's that. So, we have James Gunn. Um, Man of Steel 2 is back on the table. I'll put it that way. Man of Steel 2 with Henry Cavill, Superman is back on the table. It is being Crazy. worked out. It looks like Cavill's getting back in the super suit. We don't know when, but he'll be back. And Man of Steel 2 is now back in the running of possibilities for the DCEU. It's only been in like a decade, but here we are. <laughs> I um, just feel like they've been yeah. back and forth so many times on this. It's like Backstreet Boys quit playing games with my heart. I, like, I forget. Did, we get, a, did we get a director rumor? So many things happened. Was it? Did we get a rumored director for that? Was it Macquarie? <laughs> that was who, that is the person like that sources say like they they would like to get or a they would like to get him or a type right it's one of those it's like we would like someone really like him but if oh we could get gosh. him great <laughs> oh he's on the wish list yeah because Macquarie does write and direct now and he's i mean he did wonders for the mission impossible yeah, man, yeah man those movies are awesome 
So. And so like, yeah, and he's really come up. He got out of director jail for Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise and he worked with Henry Cavill on Mission Impossible Fallout. And that was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that was <laughs> great. <laughs> Come on, man. Ain't I going to love that? Yeah. Who doesn't load their punches now? <laughs> um, so, yeah, and that's now back in the running. We could be getting Man of Steel, too. Matt Reeves is doing a bunch of Batman spinoffs from the Batman universe. They're, they are plugging this thing and getting every drip drop they can out of it. We've heard that he's going to be doing spinoffs for multiple villains. Um, who were they? It was like Clayface and ooh, who else? Uh, was Mr. Pig in there? Professor yes, Pig? Professor yes. Pig, yeah, was, Clayface. Yeah. Uh, Scarecrow, Clayface, Professor Pig are named, but um, yes. He's doing movies, not just TV shows, that are going to be about more Batman villains. I guess they saw that Joker thing happen. And Matt Reeves and Professor Pig. Yes. Wow. Yeah, but I'm just thinking of like the Dahmer thing, and I'm like, can I sit through a Professor Pig series? Like, yeah, I don't that's going to be can. a hard yeah, sell. I don't know if I can. Because mm-hmm. Professor Pig is, is rough. Truly disturbing. Yeah. Is rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And that pig face. And that, I mean, it's going to be rough. But, uh, Let's see what they do with it and how many of them we actually get before we get too upset. Right. All right. So that's what's going on. So the Batman universe, they're flexing out. We still got the Penguin series. Arkham series is still happening. I wonder if the Arkham series will be the lead into these other ones, which would be interesting. That would make sense. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah. And Zatanna for Matt. A Zatanna series is being shopped around. It's not canceled yet, but it is being shopped. But that should have been an easy... Come on! For so long. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I'm going to throw something out here. I'll probably get... This will probably be my Jim Viscardi Deathstroke thing. I'll get whatever. Oh, gosh. Dr. Fate lit up Dr. Strange. Yeah. Dr. Fate's scenes are so much cooler. Not Dr. Strange. No, Dr. Strange. Oh, Dr. Strange, oh, lit up. magic Ooh, to magic, fight to fight, battle to battle. Ooh, Dr. Fate words. wiped the floor with him. They were so much cooler. No way. And in a fraction of the time. Yes. <laughs> Here, let me have a shiny disc. Oh, hey, here's another shiny so disc. Let me open a portal the movie, with the thing. I have. But, but I have. have <laughs> so okay. I'm just saying... I'm just saying, With not even close. With that alone, now I don't want to see this. Not movie. even close. Anyway, now I'm like mad you about You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. We got to get going. But um, yeah, man, I, I just want to say like, yeah, a Zatanna series is an easy layup. Oh, There's yeah. so many good things that you do. The relationship with her father, that's flashbacks, modern day, it just makes investigating, no magical investigation, the I backwards talking as a signature. It I mean, all, look, it makes as much sense yeah. as canceling a background movie that was fully done and then yeah, trying to get your flash insane. movie and then reportedly having a sequel uh, already, already kind of already on deck. Anyway. Yeah. All right. We're on a time schedule. We got to keep go. moving today. Let's go. So, uh, Matt, why don't you, uh, I think we're ready for our first guest. Everybody turn on your earpieces. Nice. Technical yeah, note, everybody in the studio, turn on your earpieces. <laughs> <laughs> on the case. This is but uh, Matt, we I think we're ready for our first guest. Yes. Who is up first today? But I think do we have to take a break first? We're supposed we're to. Supposed we to take should take a break. Yeah. So let's we gotta pay the break. bills. We and then come break, back. And then we're gonna and come we'll back. And then we're gonna have the guest. <laughs> it's all gonna be good. Come back. <laughs> God, book nation. <sighs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. We just talked about Black Adam and what is all happening in the DCEU. Now we're going to talk a little bit more DC, but in a different format. Matt, who do we have to welcome to the show right now? Well, I'm very excited. We have writer and toy creator extraordinaire Todd McFarlane. How are you? Hey, everybody. Hey. hey! Welcome! Welcome back! Hey, Welcome I back. like your hat, SD. Let's go. Let's go, Phillies! Todd, are you an Eagles fan? I'm going home a winner either way. 
I walked right into that. Yeah, really like, no Phillies. <laughs> no, when I was a kid, the Phillies were horrible, and I loved them. And uh, the the Padres were horrible. I'm going way back to the early '70s when they just came into existence. The Padres in Philadelphia was horrible. But I I had this sort of weird thing that I liked all the bad teams in sports. And then when they become good, I. I don't really like him quite as much, but uh, <laughs> that's great. But, but either way, I don't right now. I mean, I, I got a slight bet for San Diego, but if Philadelphia gets in there, bam! My my favorite player of all time, Steve Carlton, Philadelphia wow. Phillies. So nice. We're, we're it's good to see the Padres <laughs> having a moment, though. I'm excited. Yeah, between the Phillies and the Eagles, uh, it's a great going, time to be a Philadelphia Before we get going, I, I, I missed your Black Adam. Review. What's it? What in two seconds? What is it? Because I'm making the toy, so I need to hear this. Real quick. All right, go for it. Go in. Uh, I would say it is a really good franchise starter. It reminded me of a really good 2000s no, film. No, no, no. We're wasting time. On a scale of one to ten, just give me a number. Okay, okay. On a scale of one to ten, I'm going to give you a six point five to seven out of ten. Okay. What about the rest of you? I get to see it this weekend. First yeah, movie yeah. as a married woman with my husband. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, look! Shoot. <laughs> Look at you. First movie I took my wife to was the very, very, I'm going to age myself, the very, very first Halloween movie. Oh my Whoa. gosh, so appropriate. It came in and she got up and she went, I'm, I'm, I'm out walking out of this movie. Right? <laughs> uh, she, uh, just to put it in perspective, she was 13, <laughs> I, she was 13 I was 16. So, oh uh, but I went, no, 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 just wait five more minutes. I'm sure it gets better. And she sat through it, I think, because she liked me, not not anything. To do with movies. <laughs> and she hasn't watched a horror movie since. That's, oh that was wow. Over forty years ago, I scarred her on that one. So be careful what movie you watch. I know. With your the first one we watched was uh, Endgame, and I was sobbing. That was really embarrassing. Oh. Uh, but this is our first married one, so I think it'll be good. Hopefully, I don't walk out. <laughs> I can't remember what first movie that. Yeah, my I've wife, been with my, my wife, wife for twenty-one to. years. I don't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm a newbie, so twenty-one years ago. It was probably one of the Despicable Me movies. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh <No>. my god! <laughs> what it was? No, we went in college. We started dating, and we went to the first of those midnight showings: Lord of the Rings, <laughs> um, The Matrixes. Yeah, we, that was cool. the first thing that I dragged her to, and that's why I knew she was a keeper. She would come out and go to a movie theater with me in Pittsburgh in the middle of the night. That's and so was like, great. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, I, when I went away to college, because I was older than her, uh, we had we went to a movie. Uh, it was on New Year's Day because I had to leave that morning to go to college. And it was uh, Brooke Shields and Endless Love. And it, I, but for my wife and I, it's one of the great classics of cinema history. Um, <laughs> and and uh, the endless love uh, theme song was the one that we played at our wedding. So it had that big of an impact on us. You make, you're playing the game so much smarter. I took my wife to see Gollum, and you're like, <laughs> take her to Halloween so she has to grab on your arm or yeah, that's love to get Precious. the game going. Precious. I was like, we love left this. after seeing Gollum for three hours and was like, so honey, how you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, before, uh, because I know your your time is oh so precious. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. I am excited to talk Batman Spawn. Uh, very excited for these two characters to uh, come together again. I know, uh, so this one, of course, is with Greg Capullo. And I know you guys were going to work on a project before. And then that kind of just, you know, never uh, quite happened. You released some art and stuff from it. Uh, from time to time, but did any of those ideas make it into this new one? And what can you kind of tease about the new story? Um, some, uh, I would say the general idea of who's Batman compared to Spawn, right? Um, and so uh, the, the two characters sort of intrigued me. And, and way back when, uh, I think bad guys were going to be like clown and violator because it was like, hey, I'll give you my funny guy. You give me your funny guy, right? <laughs> uh, and it was just sort of low-hanging fruit. It was easy to do. But what was more interesting that I wanted to tell in that story, and I'm doing a little bit, not quite as much in this one, is the fact that the one guy, you know, Spawn is burnt, and all he wants to do is get back to the woman he loves and be normal and be human, uh, and, and basically doesn't want any of the superhero stuff. And and Bruce Wayne, he looks at him and says, man, look at you. You're handsome. You could be on GQ. 
the women are throwing themselves at you and you don't give a shit about any of it. <laughs> you want to go and sit and wait till two in the morning and then go get your black costume and scare the crap out of people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was this, like I would give everything for what you have. And it was almost, you know, like Batman going shoot. If I had a little more powers, I could scare him even more. Right. So um, I'm going to be touching on the, not only the similarities of the characters, but then, some of those differences and not not getting heavy handed because I, I, I said in another interview, I, I think I literally I could do an entire book that is one guy at one podium and the other guy at the other podium do a 20, 20 page debate on how do you see the world, Al Simmons and Bruce Wayne? Why do you see the world that way? And what do you do about it? I think that that it would be an interesting psychological thing. But this is a comic book. I don't want to get heavy handed with it. So we, 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 they butt into that a little bit, but essentially both methods, whatever they are, are working because both of them are still alive and are in the war. Right. So right. Uh, they're just going to agree to disagree. Um, time in the Batman mythos has certainly grown and changed since you started doing Batman yeah. spawn in 1994 back with, you know, Frank Miller yeah. What made no, you, you change? Just so you know, the biggest change for me is that I couldn't change one thing. They were like, if you deviated the thickness of the belt, it was like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was like 50 Batman costumes and or iterations of the character. I'm like, wow. what? Anybody can do anything now. So yeah, they were really, really tight about their character back then. Wow. Okay, well, oh that God. was that was an unexpected but great answer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that one, but yeah, that's interesting to hear that they were just they're very fixed about where Batman is right now. I guess um, my question was actually what made you kind of approach uh, one of the newer villains in the Batman mythos, which is the Court of Owls. Was that always your choice, or was that no. something that you were also kind of guided to? No, no. Uh, my, uh, if you guys hung out with me a little bit. Uh, you would see that I literally wing it almost every day, right? <laughs> so I, I don't have any big, giant, preconceived plan to take over the world quite yet. I haven't figured that one out. What I do is go, oh, my God, I got a deadline. Something's due on Friday. We better get something done. That's <laughs> the <laughs> story of my life. I know, seriously. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> so so the uh, given that I knew a little bit of the parameters of, of sort of a bare thin thread of a story uh my first uh call was to greg capullo himself and i wouldn't have done it with any other person because greg it had to be great uh, and i just went greg what do you want to draw and whoever he said he wanted to draw whatever he said he was going to draw i was going to be able to figure out what i wanted to do within the confines of those characters right so if you know if you know that you're going for the touchdown and the end zone's over there, all the plays in between are less important to me as long as I get to the touchdown, right? So for Greg, it's like, hey, who, who are we playing today? I know we're going for a touchdown. Who's the defense? Who we're going up against? And so he went, hey, quarter owls, you know, we get a lot of we get a lot of pub on those. People liked it when Scott Snyder and I were doing it. I still get a lot of emails and texts about it. So yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Uh, instead of you know, the obvious would have been to do more Joker stuff, but, you know, we both felt that there's no lack of Joker out there. In the, in the <laughs> so, uh, I mean, but if he said Joker, I would, <laughs> excuse me, I would have done it. But he, he essentially, Greg Capullo chose the Court of Owls. Now, again, this sort of seems mystifying, I'm sure, to, to scholarly writers going all the same. So you made the deal, you went and negotiate the contract, you get your guy and then you ask, hey, who's going to be in it? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> so uh, and, and, like, who cares about how we make the sausage? Whether, you know, do people like the book at the end of the day or don't they? And how we got there is really not overly relevant uh, to hopefully the, the you know, enjoyment that, you know, hopefully most people have. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so I have a quick question really quickly. If you could pair Spawn with any of the movie Batman, which movie Batman would you think fits the vision for your Spawn the most? 
<laughs> yeah, I got it. I, I actually made him. I, yeah, I, I yeah yeah. It's weird. I I I I haven't seen the Batman that's in my head yet on film. So, wow! Oh, that's I, a great answer. But I but I I I have a bent. I have a bent sort of mindset that you know if you're going to go dark my my and again i understand that corporate america has to do what they got to do and they they've got brands or whatever else like but in, in my head if you're going to go dark right mm -hmm. you that means the way you know you've done it right is if you bring your mom and you bring a five-year-old and they both leave within the first <laughs> i love that five-year-old is crying then you go then then i did dark in the proper fashion right, right? So, for instance, I, I like I went and saw this movie my daughter brought me to a couple of years back. Uh, uh, is it called It? The mm -hmm. one? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that's and it. I I was it it just the, the whole time I was watching I was just bugged by this movie. I'm going, oh my god! Now again, on one hand, I admire it that I went they have figured out how to do horror and sell it to the masses, and the way they did it was. The clown would come and it would get tense and it would get tense and tense. And right when it was going to get just a little bit too tense, they cut to the kids and they say a fart joke. Right. And I was like, oh, so they're just going to keep throwing jokes in the middle of the dark just to not let people know they're in a dark movie. So then it's not that dark. I don't know. I, wow. I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to go, then you go hard. But that's. That's me, and that's why I, I love that. Fund the companies that I understand. Just to follow up, what is it you think that you haven't seen them bring to the screen for Batman quite yet that you envision kind of needs to be brought? That to me, and again, for this is the world according to Todd. Now, again, so I'm not saying that anything I say has to be agreed upon by any other human being. For sure. So, mm -hmm. uh, but the. What I relate to the most about Batman, and maybe it's just my personality, is him just coming home. He's got, like, again, tons of money. He can do whatever he wants. And he just sits and sits and sits. And then at 2.30 in the middle of the night, 2.30 a.m., he turns to Alfred and he goes, get me the black costume. Because I'm going to go scare the shit out of those fucks. Right? That guy, I, un I understand that guy. They've been scaring us. They've been torturing us. Oh my God. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to let them feel exactly what they've been doing to us. Get me the black costume. It's time to go. So I haven't quite seen that guy yet, but that's okay. okay. I'm ready to see. You can't show a lot of toys and... and 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 the uh, paraphernalia. When I was writing my Spawn movie, I, I turned to my toy people and go, just to get you prepared, there's nothing in the script that basically is going to sell one toy. Yeah. <laughs> you could see they're, they're scratching their head going, hold track, isn't this your company, the toy company? Yeah. And you wrote a script that won't sell any toys. Yeah. Oh what my God. the hell is going on, Todd? And the answer is that... Uh, for me, in my perspective, I, I try not to let any tail, tail wag a dog. So when you're doing a, a comic book, do it the best you can within the parameters of what people's expectations are in comic books and how they enjoy and read comic books. When you're going to do a video game, then use those same sort of criteria. If you're going to do a movie, just do a movie, right? I mean, look, at here's the reality. If we ever get, and we will, get this fun movie off the ground. The, uh, I have to acknowledge that 98 and a half percent of the people that go to that movie, if it's successful, will have never bought a Spawn comic book in their entire life. Yeah. Nor and the vast majority of them might not even know there is a book called Spawn because the globe's a big place. And what we got to do is put out an entertaining movie, period, finito. Mm -hmm. Not worry about whether it's a great representation of issue 55. Absolutely. That's well, um, you know, you mentioned toys and I can't let you get out of here without talking just a little toys here. I'm uh, I've, I've loved the White Knight figures in the DC oh, yeah. multiverse line so far. They've been yeah. fantastic. Um, you know, one, I guess, what do you do you kind of what do you think about that universe's kind of visual design and, and everything and 
do you want to do more from that universe in the line? Um, so you're overthinking it. Um, and so I, here's, here's my mentality on toys. We're selling toys. So again, going back to what I said, don't let the tail wag the dog. I don't necessarily pick the figures. We don't necessarily pick the figures because they're popular in comic books. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Uh, I pick them because they just look cool in package hanging on a shelf. Yeah. Right. And, and at the end of the day, again, the vast majority of people uh, are going to be walking up and down an aisle, maybe at Walmart or Target, and are not comic book collectors. So the question is, is that a cool looking Batman? Is that a cool looking Superman? Is that a cool, is, is anything in the package cool? You can do a cool, I mean, if I can, if I can do something that looks good on shelf in a package that's Solomon Grundy, because it looks like a monster and a seven year old kid will react to it. Woo. I, I win because the fan who's buying it because it's Solomon Grundy, he's already going to buy it anyway. That's true. I, what I need to do is get past that. I need to say, can I get this into the cart also of somebody who's just walking down? And so it's not by accident that we pick a lot of characters that just look good, right? The costumes are either bright or they got some cool detail or they're a monster or something. I mean, I, I'm I literally, I just go, okay, if I was eight, but I want that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then the fans that know the product, again, like the White Knights, are going to get it anyway. Right? That's true. I bought, I bought the box. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like you got this business. <laughs> I, bought, yeah. I bought every single one in there and they're awesome. So uh, yeah. th Todd, thank well, you big, so much. Big, big two. I always said two. Big, big figure, big toy that have a lot of plastic. You can sell that all day long. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, again, it didn't even have to be that good, but if it's good and it's big and you're selling it for the same price. Right. I mean, again, big chunk of plastic, 20 bucks, or you can get the human uh, or you can get the skinny little female, all 20 bucks. I don't know. Some point, take the, take the big chunk of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the show. Of course, uh, everyone can check out Batman Spawn when it hits on December 13th. Thank you, sir. Sure, I'll show you some of my work in <gasps> progress here. The Batman right there. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. A little spawny right here. Like that the biceps. Oh, so look at that. Oh. Yeah, we're just working. Greg, I think, just finished up his last page. So now all the pressure is on me. I got to finish inking it and eventually write it here. So it's uh, beautiful. We'll, we'll get there. Here's what we're hoping to do we're just hoping to come up with an entertaining book that reminds people why they're in this hobby which is just cool to look at it was a fun read and it was one of my favorite artists and you know he used to get inked by todd a lot i mean like it's low, it's a little bit of low-hanging fruit and it's an event book and this is i know when i collect it when sort of event books came out and crossovers especially came out uh i i i was always willing to i had a big curiosity bent to do it and if somebody had told me that the artist that's doing the book happens to have made a giant mark on both those characters, that's that's really never happened in any big crossover. That the guy who or the, the artist who's doing it made an indelible mark on the one character, Spawn. You know, he did 80 issues for me and then moved over and made a mark on Batman. It's yeah. It's the same dude, and he gets to draw both of them. So if you were a fan of either one of them, that's the same guy. So it's not like you're going, oh, Burns X-Men are meeting, John Burns X-Men are meeting the Justice League of America. I've never seen John Byrne do the Justice League of America. It's what if John Byrne was doing Justice League of America and the X-Men, and they did a crossover, and John Byrne did it. Woo! Yeah. To me, as a 16-year-old, that would have been awesome. So we're hoping to just do one of those books that all of us remember when we first started collecting that just sort of gave us a little bit of a smile on our face. Not deep, meaningful, philosophical, just a hell of a comic book. Get on the ride, the roller coaster, ride it for 48 pages, get off and go on to your life. It's beautiful. Man, well, I cannot wait. Uh, thank you so much. And I super appreciate it. All right. Thanks for your time. You guys be good. Thank right. you. Hey, Thanks, man. You. Bye. <laughs> All right, Matt, roll us He's into awesome. the next guest we have.
Yeah, so this one, uh, we are excited. We talked about, this is a very DC, by the way, I didn't even really, we didn't plan this out. This is a very DC-centric show. Run it down for DCP, <laughs> yes. okay? Um, so, got uh, of course, we're going to talk about Black Adam, and you can't talk about Black Adam uh, without getting into some of the rest of the cast. And Bodhi Sabangi is joining us to the show. Now, um, he is playing the character of Amon, and this is the character that uh, Kofi was referring to earlier as far as, like, there's some secrets uh, revolving around Amon in the movie and stuff. So, you know, we'll try our best to kind of, you know, walk around certain things, <laughs> certain things. But uh, uh, when he jumps in here, it might, it might take a second. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, in here. yeah, we're waiting. Richard says uh, we're still waiting on Bodhi to kind of jump in here. Should um, we slide into comics while we wait? No, we can, we can slide in. We'll do as much comics as we can yeah. until he yeah, gets here. Um, because At it's easy Batman. because, have you ever guys ever had the dream where you walk into class and you realize like you're unprepared for a test? Yes. Well, that's me right now because I just realized I didn't read two, any of these comics. <laughs> I completely forgot to read comics. I ended putting my kids to bed and was like, oh, I gotta read those comics last night. I think I fell asleep and I think I completely yep. blanked. One of them that I want to really read and need to know the end of. Which is, <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yes, Batman oh, the Night. So yeah, uh, this was the weird week where I forgot to read the comics. And now I'm having that nightmare where I was, <laughs> was talking. I was like, hey, what are we doing next? And I was like, oh, comics. I was like, cool. And I was like, oh. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so so let's start. Okay, so let's start with actually um, Crypt of Shadows. That'll be a perfect way because... Uh, we can get into that, and it's mm -hmm. a series of short stories, so if we need to cut, we can kind of cut around it. Uh, Janelle, did you read I, either of I these? I started this. I was just, can I just say that, like, well, it was big. Let's just I put know. it out there. It we were like, all, okay. like, I'm big. coming off of vacation. <laughs> She's coming off vacation. I was off Matt's a couple been, days. like, off, too. We've all been on vacation. I think we all <laughs> drifted out this. to sea. And we're I'm going like, to read the whole thing because yeah. it's oh very God. interesting oh, because the so whole prepared. thing that kicked off was the fact that Doctor Strange has a brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, that was my big takeaway. That um, was my moment that I was like, wait, hold on. I did not know this. So, so okay, so we'll start with Crypto Shadows. Oh, we can't now okay. because now Bodhi's here. Oh, and now we're going to go Bodhi. So we'll come back for Crypto Shadows. Total <laughs> comic unpreparedness on this show called Comic Vocation in one second. Wow. Oh, uh, Richard man. said, uh, yeah, I think we are ready. So. Well, we have the wonderful Bodhi Sabangi with us from Black Adam. And uh, let's bring him in here. Hey, hey, that's, that's us. That's us. Hey, what's hey. up, Matt and Kofi? How you guys doing nothing, today? Nothing, nothing, chilling. <laughs> Black Adam, you know how it is. <laughs> that's amazing. But, uh, yeah. This is, there oh, we hey. go. There we are. Yay. All right. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Sorry for the uh, the chaos uh, a, a little oh, bit there. Don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's live. Congratulations, man. Yeah, seriously, man, it's a huge Thank movie. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, well, so you've got you've had a chance to to work with a, a great cast. Uh, of course, one of the most electrifying people on the planet, The Rock, is is in this movie as well. You know, what can you tell us about uh, working with him, and you know, how was the experience overall? I think I think it was just being able to see him do what he does firsthand is just so amazing. Considering he's like the biggest movie star on the planet, and everything he does, he does it. He does it right. Like when he's making a movie, he makes it with the audience in mind and he executes. And it was just so impressive to be able to like be a part of that. And not only that, be a scene partner with him. Right. And that dude never stops working. Yeah. The guy, yeah. <laughs> the guys, the guy's got what, 90 businesses now? It's crazy. I think it's, I think it's more like, like 190. It, it might be. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. him and Shaq. And Steve Harvey have are guarding the running for like the most companies ever. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is coming up too. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I just have a question because if it is The Rock you were with, he didn't like give you any kind of like, you know, promo lessons, did he? I mean, he's one of the best wrestling promos in the world. You can get a little, a little some of that carry over at all. Um. My, his lessons to me. Yeah, did he give me any promo lessons? You know, you gotta have them for <laughs> like later yourself, in life. How to come into a room, stop everybody, that type of thing. I mean, I think the, um, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm sorry, what, what was the last thing you said? I was just making a joke. Did he show you how to kind of use wrestling promos to come in a room and kind of command everybody? So basically, yeah, yeah. Every time wrestling. I showed up on set, we would have like, at the, like, there was a ritual at the beginning of everyday filming where we would all wrestle each other. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it always like the, the championship bracket was always me versus The Rock. I won easily every time, but. <laughs> well done. Well done. That's sir. great. <laughs> Your character plays a very kind of surprisingly pivotal role in the film. Can you tell us, without any spoilers, what really attracted you beyond the cast, The Rock, everything, about the role itself? What really kind of grabbed you and engaged you about it? I mean, it's it's impossible right now to to not bring up the idea of representation. Like that's always going to be a very big topic about this. Like growing up, like I'm I'm Egyptian, and as someone who like I never really saw Middle Eastern and North African people represented like in a positive light on screen growing up, and this did feel like a really great opportunity. And like especially like me being a part of it, my goodness, like it, it it's it's definitely. It's definitely a, it's definitely special for me to be able to do something like that um, for other people out there. But aside from that, like I got to learn how to skateboard for this. I didn't because I didn't skateboard before the movie. And oh. and then I'm also making a movie with The Rock. I know you said besides that, but like I can't I can't really put that aside all the way. <laughs> the rock. Um, and then also not to mention Pierce Brosnan and Noah and yeah. Mo and Aldis and Q, it's every single person on the cast is so impressive and so like so amazing at what they do. As a follow-up to that, even your character's name, just his name, is a major signal flare to DC fans who know these books and know these characters. Oh yeah. How was it keeping the secrets of Black Adam Adam through production all the way up to release day? And do you feel some kind of kinship with those other Marvel or DC actors that have to, you know, either keep secrets or outright lie, dodge press, you know, hop out windows to avoid answers? <laughs> I think the best part was, I think uh, DC made it really easy. They put it easy on me because not only did they not say who I was, they, they didn't really advertise me. So no one really ever asked. So I never had to lie. I, I just... <laughs> you just didn't offer up, you know, like anything. <laughs> it's not lying if I'm just staying silent. I would just get like in the wide words of Michael Scott, I wouldn't be lying. I would just get really quiet all of a sudden. He needs to talk to Tom Holland. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful Bravo Scott the office reference. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Oh my God. That's awesome. Okay, so uh just a question. Behind the scenes, is there any one moment that just like was a standout special thing that you will always carry with you going forward? Um <laughs> the very the very first day I worked with him. Um, with, I mean, when I say him, you all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it was just, it was just this, this scene, like in my bedroom where he, I'm standing there, I'm trying to get him to become a superhero or whatever. Like it was in, it was in the trailer. Um, and it's just this, this thing of like this, 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 when he like picks me up, puts me out of his way. It was in one of the trailers for sure. And, um, and the way we did that was like, I would stand on this platform that would like, it was just electric and it would like raise up like this. And I was standing on here. So basically I had to like kind of lean back a bit to like compensate for that. So I didn't fall over, but I was doing my first scene with the rocks. So my brain wasn't working very well yeah. So I got to lean. So I kind of just, it just went up and I just fell forward onto him. <laughs> I kid you not. He actually caught me and just picked me up with an arm and actually put me down to the side. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, okay. I mean, I knew you were strong, but like, oh. you're like, we don't even need this platform. Like he can just do this on oh, his own. Like, I think I genuinely think he's stronger than Black Adam. Just you know, <laughs> <laughs> be a good fight. That Is that the scene they used? By the way, I almost kind of wish that that's the scene they used. If that's the take they used. I don't think it was. I wish uh, I wish it was, too. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he actually just caught me. I just, just have a quick follow up to that. Um. It brings up a good point when you mention that scene that in a lot of ways, and it's not a spoiler to say this, I think that there was a fair amount of put on you and to kind of help bring some of the levity and comedy moments with you mm. and The Rock. How was it working with him in that sense with like comedic timing and comedic beats? We know he can be big and menacing, but how was he kind of doing the comedic thing? I think, I think his comedy was more about like what his character was doing instead of like, how it was being done. I think, I think a lot of it was in the storyline and his, he went, I, I just want to call attention to how amazing his like actual acting was in this movie. Cause a lot of people like 
who don't understand what he does are like, oh yeah, he just plays the same character every time. It's not true at all. He's a very skilled actor, but I think being in a scene partner with him and having that role of trying to like keep the, the comedic pace and like, like bringing my own aspect to it. Of course, needless to say, it's, it's special to, to have, to be able to say like, oh, I brought something to a scene with the rock. Um, but I think a lot, a lot of how it was done relied on just everything and how the movie was set up. And while I, I, I'm glad I had this role. I think, I think everyone had their chance to contribute what they contributed. And I'm, I'm glad that I had something to contribute to. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. you know, so of course, um, in the comics and like Kofi said, kind of Kofi alluded to the name alone kind of gets people's radar up, right? Could comic book people's radar up, uh, because that character then, uh, goes on to become Osiris in the comics. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? And comics are their comics are their own thing. Movies don't always do what the comics do and, and all that, obviously. Um, yeah. but you know, if the character was you know, kind of decided to go down that path. And you did kind of get to occupy a role like Osiris uh, in something more of a, not a villain role, but just something a little bit more, you know, kind of a conflicted, always kind of trying to deal with those back and forth between being a hero and a villain. Is that something that would excite you? Is that something you'd be down for? It would kind of really excite me. I, I hope it goes on that path. Like, obviously, I don't know what's, right. what's going to happen. Um, and again, as you said, comic books and like they don't always follow them, but I think that would be a really fun character. Just being able to experiment with that headspace of, of, of not knowing what you are in terms of good or bad. So I, I would, I would definitely be open to that. And I mean, needless to say, being able to be a superhero would be awesome too. I mean, yeah. Powers don't, powers don't suck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I need that on a shirt. Like, powers, powers, don't suck. powers don't suck. That's actually a really good question. It leads into this. If you could have your character appear in any DC movie going forward, who would you love to cross over with? What I love to cross over with? Yeah, like what DC character? You're gonna say Batman, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Everybody says Batman. <laughs> yeah, Everybody says love, Batman. It's because it's the right answer. <laughs> Look, so my my, fav, my favorite superhero is Batman, just because of the whole the whole energy of I'm vengeance and like that whole thing. Like yeah. I I just I love that right and. If if I can if I can get in a movie with that universe and just how that works, that would be amazing. Um, so if if that crossover could happen, I mean, I, I again, just like powers, that wouldn't suck. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, that brings up. I have a very specific prop question for you. Oh, there yeah. is there are several scenes in the movie set in your room, and your room has a lot of DC character memorabilia kind of decorating it. One of yeah. those things that, you know, is in there is a particular toy that comes that is featured in one scene, you know, really. And it's a Batman toy that's in your mm -hmm. room. What Batman is that? <laughs> I, actually, hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I'm These guys lie. are. I, I'm not entirely sure. Don't let them pressure you. They are experts. Like they, they. <laughs> no, I generally don't know because oh. it's a very quick, quick thing. But I saw it and I was like, the scene makes it clear who, which versions of these characters we're talking about in your yeah. room. It's very clear. That was the Except one thing that I wasn't clear on, and I was hoping maybe you knew. Or <laughs> he's looking for answers. I, I would. I would love. Honestly, there's. There's. I don't think there's ever been like. There's not a bad option. If it was Ben Affleck, that would be amazing. If it was Robert Pattinson, that would be amazing. There's there's no wrong way for that to go. But um, I don't know who it is. That's actually that's a good question. Okay, it's Val Kilmer. Is Val Kilmer? I'm just saying. Oh, it's everything. Stop. It's always Val Kilmer. Stop. Always. Stop. Val Kilmer's Batman is. Uh, no, I'm not gonna get that. Like Val Kilmer's Batman. Okay. You got me so excited there for a minute. I was like, really? <laughs> also, George oh, Clooney is gosh. the best Bruce Wayne. Okay. I'm sorry. We don't he usually, is Bruce Wayne. We don't in usually let life. him out in front okay. of guests out of the basement. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, this is the last time I'm on this show. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Bodie. Uh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. Man. All the best success. And I uh, can't wait to see what you do next, buddy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, weekend. Bye. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so cool.
That was really fun. I'm excited. I all right, know. Well, I love this so much. After all that, I guess we could talk about our half-assed comic reading. This I week. mean. Wow. Yeah. Matt Adam, did the job, I'm sure. Adam West is also great. You know what's funny? I actually don't, because in the comments, uh, Damon said it's Adam West. There's actually a debate right now going on in the comments about who the best Batman is. Uh, oh, no. I, don't, I think, <laughs> Look at though, what you did. pretty much... Aside, oh no, I think everyone has like every movie Batman at this point has their defenders and even TV oh, yeah. Batman. I don't think there is one that's like universally like there's like some no. movies that everyone dunks on or whatever. There's I don't think that's that way in the Batman conversation. I think it's everyone. There is a, a group for every Batman at this point. I think mm -hmm. you could make a case yeah. for any of them. Um, so, yeah. So let's move into Crypt of Shadows, number one. So uh, real quick, this was a now in as Janelle mentioned, this is a, a long book. It's like 56 pages. Uh, it is a one shot Halloween special. So very much like if you're not in that wheelhouse, like you don't necessarily need to pick it up. However, oh, fun. it is fun. Great for the holiday. It also starts up. off, in my opinion, with the best story. Yes, because I agree. Bloodline that there's a, of course, Blade's daughter is going to get a big push next year and everything. And Bloodline, the first story is Bloodline, but it's not it's not like a origin story. It's not like anything like that. It's just a kind of cool in the middle of an adventure thing, it's her like on the way to a Halloween party and like she's just got to go do this one thing and then it becomes a bigger thing. Yeah. I, the art was gorgeous. Oh, so pretty. Uh, I just, I thought it was just, I don't know, it, it made Bloodline just like really relatable. I think it's great for new people. Like if people jump yes. into this and they'll go, who's that? Yes. Oh, Blaze Daughter? 100%. Blaze Daughter, yeah. Like yeah, need to know more. Absolutely, right. yeah. So I think in that respect, it works really well and that's a great start to the issue. And then, it's kind of hit and miss. Like I didn't, there was some, uh, there was a Moon Knight werewolf by, literally it's called Werewolf by Moon Knight uh, is oh, the story. And great. I went, oh, that's the one I immediately want. And I like liked it. I didn't love it. But then there's an Elsa Bloodstone story. So like I said, if you've been following the recent Disney plus MCU stuff, you're going to, you're going to probably love this. Mm -hmm. The Elsa Bloodstone story is great. Again, it captures the character. It's really, really fun. And, and there's some gorgeous art. And then the final story is like this, kind of it's between man thing and uh laura kinney wolverine and it's like this story of like <laughs> this battle between them and they explain why the battle is happening and it's like just this series of domino effects that like why this battle keeps going and it's kind of brutal at times um there's some slight eating of people <laughs> it's kind of, i mean it they fits do, the, so they do a dumber it fits the holiday right it fits the holiday whatever but it is interesting i did find the, the premise interesting so again this is a not a must read but i think for those who love the season and love this type of story you'll find something Agreed. Uh, and then we get into batman the night number 10 the finale we've been following this from the beginning I feel like it's safe to say that this has become one of our favorite uh, books oh, yeah. of the show. Can you spare me some spoilers? Yes. Okay, so. Because I really am excited for this. Yes, I can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go over yeah. it. Um, this is, to me, uh, a, a this delivers. I thought this delivered mm -hmm. uh, on this whole journey of, of Bruce and Anton. And by the way, uh, they do kind of, they clarify some things. We've, we've uh, Kofi's written some stuff about, you know, Ghostmaker and things like that and allusions to mm -hmm. and everything like this. This makes things very clear. Um, but just the Roz Bruce of it all. I thought this came together in such amazing fashion. It really brought all those things you've been looking for that we've been identifying along the way of what makes Bruce Batman. Eventually, mm -hmm. it coalesces them all into one place. Yep. All of the things like there's oh, man, there's some there's some really great moments towards the end that just. Well, they're twists, like things that like I, I I don't know. In a lot of comics, like I feel like I can call shots and mm -hmm. I know what's gonna happen. In this one, there were at least two moments where I was kind of surprised. Like I was like, oh wow, like that I'm this is cool. Like I'm I'm totally digging it. Where the and I'm gonna walk around this, yeah. where the how he describes what leads him to the cave mm -hmm. is awesome. awesome. That whole moment it's of such like a full circle yeah. situation. And yeah, it's it, there's a big payoff. If you're a huge Batman fan. And, then and I, even if you're burned out on Batman. Right. Because you you kind of are still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is still managed to. It is so different. This does not even feel like a Batman. Any any of it to me. This just feels like a hero like coming coming up yeah. story. Which I love. Also, I've always been one of the people that's like, I don't need another Batman origin story as far as I don't need to see the pearls. I don't need mm -hmm. to see his 
parents dying for the yeah. like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. ingrained in my brain. There are certain things, right? Uncle Ben <laughs> and, yes. and Bruce Wayne's parents. Yes. However, Chip, again, they they touch on that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I have ever seen uh, a moment like that, de- the way they depicted them mm-hmm. and that moment. Yes. I don't think I've actually ever seen that done this way. And with the that's so hard to talk, talk around. I don't think I've ever seen it done that way. And there's one key moment in there. Why and we can actually I'll, I'll talk about it next week after Kofi's had a chance yeah. to read it and, and point out what that moment is. But I don't know. I thought it was just so effective and it was just a small thing. I'm glad we're kind of saving everyone from like spoilers because I hope I hope everybody kind of chews on this one. Like I hope people yeah. watch, read this one. Watch it. <laughs> yeah. If, Can you mean, please be on camera? Sure. Like it's when this, be a live action. When this comes out on in trade, we will shout it out here because like you yeah. like if you haven't been reading, you should definitely go pick this up. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. And I think honestly, at this point, I would almost say it's gonna be in every mandatory batman list oh, that good. i write from here on out Heck of like yeah. hey here are the books you absolutely need to read to understand batman right this also might be my favorite tackling of the origin even though yeah. it's only hinted at of like certain things that happen in movies i think it's so well done so anyway Agreed. that's that batman it's the night fantastic um quick uh mentions for me aquaman andromeda number three that was the black label aquaman book uh the first two issues were well, we're good. I was mixed on them. The third issue is outstanding. The third issue is actually what I wanted the whole series to be, just in one issue. Mm. This is fantastic. So, uh, you know, I feel like you do need to kind of read the other ones to understand, understand what's happening. But man, they did a great job. Uh, and then Radiant Black uh, Volume 3 is out. So if you want to check up on great comics, that is a fantastic one. Uh, so that is comics for me. Uh, cool. Anything else we wanted to touch on before we uh, I mean, Flashpoint Beyond came out. This oh, week. that's right. I yeah. like, literally just did not even open the folder on like one of the best <laughs> weeks of comics. And that's It was okay. a good week in comics. You have all weekend. Yeah, you have all weekend now. Drink some wine, take a bath. That was me yesterday. First week Read look the at comics. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Ooh. Love it. But, Thelma Hayek feeling some Channing Tatum abs. Oh, Should we nice. All be lucky on I Friday? like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, you're a married woman now. Chill out. I can dream. I know. <laughs> Marriage doesn't stop your dream. Marriage does not stop your dream. If anything, it only kind of keeps it up. Nope, yep. nope. We're not going to keep going with... <laughs> All right, Anywho, keep going. you guys, this was a, such a fun show. I love the interviews. By the way, I, I saw in the comments uh, that... Um, Someone said, I don't know who said it now. So if uh, I am not shouting you, I apologize. I'm not sure who said it, but they said, you know, Comic Nation has a great fan base when we bounce from stream to stream. And I went, <laughs> yeah. Damn right. That's exactly right. Popping back and forth. Thank yes. you so much for yes. tuning in and yep. sticking with us. Sticking we with really us appreciate through a crazy, you guys. crazy, crazy, crazy live stream. Crazy, yes. crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, yeah, that'll be it for Comic Book Nation. I guess I do got to outro this thing. We are on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe there. Please subscribe to the Comic Book Nation podcast YouTube page. Also, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Nation. And you can see all our designs. Comic Book, we got new logos now. We get fancy out here. Somehow we don't have it on our stuff on the show yet, but we'll do that soon. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, guys. Follow us individually. You can find all our Twitters out there. And we'll see you next week. Oh, there are Twitters on the screen. Thank you, Richard. Let's be comic station. We out. Peace. Bye, guys.